Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. There are times in our lives where we do things that we cannot undo, and we learn valuable lessons. But The one time you don't really want to do those undoable things is during a divorce proceeding. Today, we're going to be talking about those things that you may be doing in your children's matters, your property proceedings, or in a DV case that you are going to regret doing and you will want to undo. We're going to discuss what those things are and how they may affect your case in the future, particularly if you're just starting out in separation or divorce or in a DV case. And these are definitely things you really hard to undo. So listen today and make sure that you don't do these things. Of course, this is all general advice only. Lynn Galvin is a family lawyer of 35 years experience, also my (laughs) mum, but it is general information only. You should always get your independent legal advice. Welcome, mum. Thank you, Laura. Welcome, Laura and everyone. TikTok, isn't it? Yes, and thank and the podcast. We are multitasking. Yep. But today, uh, I thought it would be really important to discuss some of the areas that maybe people would be, anyone who's listening today or on TikTok today, and they're in this space in their divorce where they, they haven't finalized anything, they haven't gone to court maybe yet, or maybe they're not going to court, but they just kind of started this separation limbo. Mm. And uh, it's become apparent to us, particularly since we've been doing these live Q&As with our members, yeah. that there are some things that simple steps that people can make so that they don't end up in the same trouble as some of the members that we have. Yeah. So I think we might start with children's matters first, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about property. And then I think we should touch on domestic violence as well yes. and mistakes that people can make that can really, some of these things, you can't undo what you've done because it, mm-hmm. it is in the history. You can't change it. So this is all about being proactive and making sure you don't make these mistakes. So let's start with kids, mum. Yeah. And you always say, Start as you mean to go on. So can you explain to me and to everybody listening, when it comes to children, what do you mean by that? Um, I think the biggest single thing um, is the time you spend with your kids and the time the other person spends with the kids. Um, The big mistake I see some people make is that they might move out of the house. Perhaps they've got a, a violent or controlling ex. They move out and they say, look, the kids should stay here. I don't want to disrupt their lives. Wait until I get somewhere um, so I can have the kids. And by the time you've done that, uh, weeks have passed and uh, before they know it, then the other person, particularly if they are that sort of parent, um, manipulative and controlling, will be saying, oh, well, you know, they live with me. They can have weekends with you until we go to court. So, you know, you need, no matter how awkward, no matter how distraught you are, even if you're on a couch at your mum's place, um, start having the kids. And if they're sick and the other person says, oh, they can't come because they're sick, say, that's fine, I can manage them when they're sick. So just get that history in place right from the beginning. It it seems very cold-hearted, Rose. And and you said, Laura, didn't you, that it was simple things, but simple things, as you know, are really, really hard to do even when you just separate it. So if anyone's listening and at the moment they're couch couch surfing because they cannot 
bear to live separated under one roof and their kids are staying in the house because it's easier for Mm. them to stay in the house and like maybe they're just seeing them every second weekend Mm -hmm. or something like that or you know once a fortnight or once a month even but with the intention of I'm going to get a house I'm going to move in and then the kids are going to come and live with me 50 50 if that goes on for say like this only seeing the kids every now and then Mm. what happens if you get to court the court um the other side says that you know there's a reason the children are settled um they're staying with me they don't need you know and then they'll start raising issues as to why you weren't having the full time and uh, it just it becomes a, a massive fight to claw back to that standard and you'll find usually early on in a separation the other parent hasn't started strategizing and, you know, seeing what he could or she could or couldn't do against you. So in those early stages, assuming they're as shell-shocked as you are, set that that path up, those first few steps. Um, but not only that, the kids will be devastated if you leave and they only see you occasionally. The harm, I think, that happens to children is terrible. So, um, look, honestly, some people rent a hotel room. They go back to their mums for that week or wherever they're having the children. Do You know, just make it happen, make it a priority. All right. So that's number one with kids Mm -hmm. because it could affect your custody battle later if you have one. Make sure you're spending that 50-50 time with them or as whatever it is that you intend to continue for the rest of their lives, um, even though it's hard. Now, another one that you've mentioned about with children is the boundaries that you probably need to set. Yeah. And that's really hard for people, um, particularly if you're the one who's stayed in the house. It might be very tempting um, in that sort of early Pollyanna phase where you hope um, that your separation isn't going to damage the children's relationship. You're just going to go on normal. You might be tempted to have them over to have dinner with the kids or even to stay over or to pick the children up from the lounge room. Like you might blur those lines. I think that's a mistake in the early stages. You need to... to say, particularly if you're in the the original home, you need to let the other person know it's your place now, you're entitled to your privacy. Um, so the changeovers should be at the door or at the front boundary of the property. Don't be letting them back in. Change the locks if it's been established that you stay there. Um, set yourself up a private space because you don't know how they're going to react when you start to stand up for yourself and, and put your demands. And you don't want them... Uh, uh, retaliating so you need to know you're in a comfortable space establish that boundary it'll stop the kids wanting to bring them in as well and help the children get used to the idea of this separated family Uh, so So it is pretty hard if there's that one family home that you've lived in say 10 years 17 years and then all of a sudden you know oh no I'm going to be living in the house Mm -hmm. with the kids you're going to be living in a new house Mm -hmm. Um, and you might still be amicable and it might be all a bit everyone's Mm tiptoeing around each other so not Mm -hmm. upset each other but if you get them to come and do handover in the house and and see little Johnny's latest construction work and things like that in your home, but then later on uh, things get a bit nasty mm. or there's a drama, yep. you can't really then all of a sudden say, no, I don't want you in my house because yeah. the kids will be like, what? What's going on? So And yourself. So you need to set those boundaries at the beginning yep. so that if there is a clear defined, no, we're separated now. This is how it's going to go moving forward. Mm. Now, Mum, one of the other things that you say people make a big mistake with uh, that can affect their custody yep. in the court is social media. Yeah. How does that affect? Well, I mean, you can't do your crying on social media. You need to be circumspect. Assume that 
as your friends divide between your friends and his, you know, as they choose sides, and I'm afraid they do, uh, just don't put anything on there that could be used against you. Uh, Don't show yourself out partying. Um, You know, uh, don't put a lot of laments on the breakup of the marriage. Don't ridicule the other side. Don't run them down. Uh, All of those things um, will come back to bite you later on. Um, So just be very careful. They they get annexed to an affidavit and they say, she's not a fit mother. Look, she was out partying or... um, here she is with the children, or here he is with the children and he's got them out on a bush block. You know, I don't like that. So just it's mm. all evidence. Um, so I would put okay. a very low profile on that. Um, I think the conscious uncoupling sort of model that we've seen in Hollywood and, and the um, respect our privacy at this time, I think you need to respect everyone's privacy, yours, his, or yours and hers, and the kids' privacy. So it might be time for a little holiday of social media. Um, and sometimes you get mm. very sad and it's late at night and then you want to pour your heart out onto mm. social media and that's a big mistake, I think. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't. Yes, it's so tempting, especially when you watch TikToks mm. and things like that. Uh, Nothing Instagram against TikToks reels. or social media. Yeah. But, don't, but don't be putting your personal mm. journey on because it could end up in front of someone. So, yeah. yes, and it could affect your custody. Okay. And another one you talk about is setting that boundaries with communication and writing about children, Uh, the children's going and coming and doctor's appointments and things. Why is it important to be doing that in a a written form at the beginning and during the divorce negotiations? Okay. It's really important if you're amicable to keep it amicable and putting it in, you can ask them to put it in writing right away. And then uh, while they're still friendly or reasonably friendly, um, and then that that way they'll keep going. If you if you communicate verbally while they're friend, amicable and friendly, um, they may change and still want to communicate with you verbally. So set that little mm. parameter up early on, and you stick with it, and insist that they stick with it. Also, anything you say on those, uh, including negotiations, can find themselves attached to an affidavit or put before a court in by an unscrupulous um, lawyer. I hope there aren't many of those. But, uh, again, keep it all um, in writing, but, uh, again, don't put stuff on there that you don't want to be found, okay? Don't put stuff on there that that you say, I can't cope with the kids, Um, you can have them for the next two weeks or something like that. Don't do that. Yes, because they might use that I can't cope yes. in court but, 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 and say, oh, they're not a fit parent, right. they can't cope. But it's important to keep your communications um, in the early stage. And I guess you could say uh, you could use that information if you do end up in a court custody issue or a mediation, mm. you could say, look, here's the proof. Yes. I've been taking the money to soccer for the last seven years yep. or the last seven months. And I've been, you know, having them from this. And I mean, not everybody's ex is going to be a liar, liar, pants on fire, but Mm. uh, sometimes people get desperate and they really want something so bad they maybe imagine something happened when it didn't or or they are just liar, liar, pants on fire. But if you've got the the comings and goings of the children documented. Yes. Um, that's going to stop a lot of the custody fighting. Is that yeah, right? It's if true. It's true. And no one can rewrite history. So it is important to have it done early. Um, but, yeah, so that's important. Um, unless you're not having the kids as much as you want, um, you wouldn't want to be putting that in writing and setting it in stone. 
So yeah, don't don't put in anything in writing that's probably going to go against you, I guess, in in a way. But I think it's important that everyone knows that anything you put in writing is really going to be looked at mm. intensely if you can't come to an agreement outside of court. And that takes us to the property settlement mm. side of things, Mum. Mm-hmm. So people might not think they're going to end up in court for property settlement, but you may end up in a mediation. Mm-hmm. And it is another, uh, some of the mistakes that people make that you pointed out in, and this is one of them, is writing down uh, in, like you know, negotiating and kind of half agreeing to property settlement yeah. before they're ready. Yes. Um, and there's two reasons you wouldn't do that. One is it may get raised in a mediation. Uh, it shouldn't get raised in court, but it might do. Um, and the second reason is that you give the other person, you might not have had legal advice. And you, again, you might want to be being kind. Oh, no, I'm never going to touch your super or I oh, will go 50-50 or I'm not going to let you starve. I'll do this. Um, you put that in writing and you're committed to that, you know, and it can be mm. used against you in the future. So, be very careful. And it'll also play into the negotiations, um, but it raises or raises your ex's expectations and then you really find it hard to get them down from there. Oh, but she said she was never going to touch my super and then they won't agree mm. on superannuation mm. because your first text or second text said, oh, I'm, I promise I won't touch your super. And then you get legal advice and and you have to. And I think I think that's a pattern we've noticed with our members and our listeners who mm. write in. Right at the beginning of separation, you know, there's they have a different viewpoint of what they want to happen at the end of the, yes. the property settlement. They they feel a different way, but for some reason everyone seems to change pretty much in a couple of months or in a year mm. after separation. And then they go, wait, it's so it's this, it's not about them. This is what I've <laughs> yeah. always told my clients. I think I've used this for 30 years or more. When you're a couple, you're together and you face the world together. And the longer you've been together, the harder that habit is to break, right? But actually, mm. as time goes by, you realise you're actually going to, each of you is going to take a different path and your interests are not the same. It's really hard Mm. to go from a a committed relationship where you've been a unit against the world and, and, you know, you and him or you and her against the world and then having to look out for number one. But it does happen. It just takes time. It's kind of, Mm. I don't know, I I don't know if it's like grieving, but, um, you know, I mean, you hear it all the time. We're not going to be like other people. We're going to live next door to each other or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move out of the house every second week and he can move in or she mm. can move in. Bryony said she's on TikTok at the moment. Hi, she Brian. said we agreed to a 50-50 split, no super, and then he went one up and tried to take the lot. So it is it, it is both sides. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, oh, no, let's do this the right way. Let's do it. Or sometimes they're just saying it to you to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And then they go behind your back, see a lawyer, and then go for what, what you know. Yes. So, so just remember in those first stages and that first lull after separation, yeah. everyone's hurt, everyone's upset, everyone's dealing with just the whole world being different. Mm. That is not a good time to be saying, yes, let's do 50-50 or yes, let's do this until you've had time to really process what are you going to be doing in your future? What are you going to be doing for the rest of your life? How are you going to be supporting the kids? Yep. How are you going to be supporting yourself? You're not going to be with that person anymore. So you need to make sure you're looking out for yourself. And I know that sounds selfish, mm. but it's not. It's business. Mm. And as we always say, try to deal with it in a business-like manner. So that is a big mistake people yes. make. At the yes. um, what are some other property uh, things people can do? Mom? We were saying 
something about the mortgage. Yeah. There are things people can do that you can't undo. Yeah. So, so I often find with mortgages, uh, if they've got a redraw facility, again, when you're a couple and you're saving up and you've got a redraw facility, it, you might not think of it as an actual redraw, but you can redraw it. And sometimes, uh, one party does draw it out and spends it. Um, so, you know, you need Holy to, moment. yeah. So either take some steps to stop them. This is general advice only, but uh, generally with my clients, I either get them to take some steps to lock it up so they can't take it out or take half of it or take all of it on the basis that they'll keep it safe. It will come into the property mm-hmm. settlement um, at, at some point. But, um, yeah, just be careful with things that they can do like that, which is redraw, um, especially if you think they might not contribute to the mortgage. You can use that redraw facility and start to pay it off. So there can be that mistake where mm. someone, you haven't got that locked up, someone goes and with, redraws the mortgage mm. and then you think that's okay, it'll all get sorted out in property settlement, it'll be added back. But the thing with property settlement is it can take years. It, yeah. Like if it's if it's nasty or yeah. if it's messy you might not see that money back that's right and, and legally Rosie they Laura sorry <laughs> I always call her Rosie it's her middle name yeah but legally <laughs> um if they've spent that money on what they can show is living expenses like rent mm. um and uh food and stuff like that then it won't be added back so some of my clients mm. who aren't in a financial position perhaps to get a new house to live in like rent bond and everything take some of that money and use it for that reason and then it doesn't have to get added back. So it's it's murky. So be careful. And it'll cost you a lot to prove it. Yes. Mm. Another mistake that we've seen a lot of members do and you've seen a lot of clients mm. not know because there's just no knowledge about it. Yeah. I don't I, it's like someone should just write this guide. Oh wait, we did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Don't do this. Don't do yeah. this. So one of the things that heaps of people do is that after they've separated they finally got back on their feet. They're feeling good about life. They've got their own little place. They start saving money because uh-huh. they're going to go on a holiday, their first holiday with the kids with, without bug lugs. What happens is they don't realise in property settlement, if it hasn't happened yet, that money that you have busted to scrimp and save is going to be split as well. Yeah. In Australia, that's the law because it'll be at the mm. time of the trial. So, you know, if you've increased your superannuation dramatically or if you've increased your savings, it's at the time of the trial. So, um, mm. yes, that's a little... Or, or mediation. Is that or mediation, yes. And it's very tricky for you to say... Oh, but I've saved that up post-separation. Well, you know, what what they say is, what the judges say is, the rationale is that the other person has uh, maybe gone without to keep, you know, they haven't sold their ha- the house or they haven't had their share of the property settlement yet um, while you're busy saving up. So it belongs to both of you because you've both gone with or they've gone without as well, presumably. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it just so that- don't scrimp and save. Uh, don't waste it, I guess, mm. but spend it meaningfully mm. for you and the kids. And I guess it's it's something that is uncommon knowledge for people who aren't lawyers, uh, that the, it's not this imaginary line that the minute they walk out the door and you lock it and go, oh, they're gone, uh, that's not when it ends. No. So the, the, the Family Law in Australia, the yeah. Family Law Act and the contributions, they're looking at everything before the marriage, during the marriage and yes. After. That's right. So and you've learned well, Rose. We've learned well. So yeah. it's before, during, and after. <laughs> but I think I want everyone to know yes. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, so it's yeah. before, during and after. So there's no kind of ruling off of the books at the date of separation. 
And that sometimes mm. um, people go for years before they finally clean up the property and have bought other houses and who knows what. So if you go buy another house and you still haven't had a property mm. settlement or a consent order, mm. that property is included. Is that right? Would you like us to take away the overwhelm of the divorce process and give you the step-by-step guide on what to do at each part of the process and show you how to do it? Even giving you the correct wording and legal templates that you can use for your property or parenting agreement? Would you like us to show you how to do your own negotiations and mediations and keep it out of court? Well, then you're invited to the DIY Divorce Blueprint. It is the only training of its kind that shows you exactly how you can do your own divorce, property and children's settlements, mediations and negotiations so that you can finally move on with your life without having to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers and years in limbo. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll to find out more today. Join us now. So if you go buy another house and you still haven't had a property Mm. settlement or a consent order, Mm. that property is included. Is that right? That's right. Your equity in that property is included. So one of the tests um, I think of for for leaving things drag out, you may not feel an urge to actually get a divorce if you're married. You might might Mm. happily just live apart. But what if one of you finds someone else? Then it's going to be tough. You really, uh, if you can, you need to, to peel yourself away and start clean because it'll hang over your head for years otherwise. That sort of, oh, but I'm still on that mortgage or, oh, but he pays my health insurance or, you know, or um, she's, you know, she's paying for my rego or whatever. Just, yeah, it, everyone needs to stand on their own two feet and then yeah. you can be ready for what life gives you then. The other one that you've mentioned that some stakes are made, Mum, is in the super situation, mm. beneficiaries, et cetera. So can you yep. describe to everyone listening today, if they're listening, what should they be doing if they've separated? Yep. What should they be going and doing okay. today? Again, as if you, if people... General advice. Yep, general <laughs> advice. But if people can't tell from our accents, Laura, I think we're fairly yep. identifiable as Australians. So it's Australian law. Aussie, Aussie law. <laughs> country, yeah. country girls. G'day, yeah, mate. Yes. <laughs> so in Australia, okay, you can make what's called a nominated beneficiary and that nominated beneficiary is who gets your superannuation when you die. A lot of the time, and this is really broad general advice, the the super doesn't go the way your will says it will go. A lot huh. of the time, and it's Queensland, uh, Queensland's different to New South Wales and whatever, but most states, I understand, uh, the superannuation goes to whomever the superannuation trustee thinks it should go to, and it won't always be as per your will. So it would be terrible. If, yeah. Didn't I tell you that? Oh, my God. <laughs> No, imagine if you died and it went to the person you hate the most. Well, like, there you go. So, I mean, some people don't yeah. mind because they think, oh, well, they'll have the kids anyway. But if think true. about it, who true. do you want to be your nominated beneficiary? And it might be the children. Um, and you might change mm. that to the children. You can put that binding death nomination in with your superannuation fund and then they can't um, just make their decision themselves. And, and, you know, mm. distribute it as however they like. Uh, that's one, yeah, that's the, the main one, I think. So they can just ring up their superannuation fund or go on the website and look up how to change the benefit. Yeah, there'll be a form. There'll be a form. 
Okay. Uh, binding. There's uh, always a form. There is. <laughs> yeah. form. Yes. Death nomination yeah. form. And talk to talk to a lawyer about a new will. Um, and on that point of the person you least like in the world, um, you don't want them being your attorney in the event that you come to a situation where they're choosing your nursing home or they're choosing your uh, whether to turn off the life support or choosing your hospital um, treatments. So you might want to mm. think about putting someone else there as well, get that one done. So that's, that's called an enduring power of in attorney. So if you had- it is, yep. It's, it's, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so Australia-wide really- is, is our Family Law Act. Uh, except for WA, which is slightly different. But every state in Australia has their own uh, succession law or wills law, okay? So, um, yeah, so it's in in Queensland it's called a binding binding power of attorney or enduring power of attorney. In other states it's got another name. So go and talk to a lawyer in your state or do your research. And then also with your will, you wouldn't really want your ex to be the executor of your estate if you something terrible happened to you. Um, and mm. uh, so you might want to quickly go and get a new will, even if it's just a temporary one and then after property settlement do another one because that's a big mistake people make. Oh, I'll get a new will and power of attorney after, after I get all the property settled, um, which mm. you know, I would love to know how they think nothing's going to happen to them in that time, you know, like a little safety bubble. But, yeah, just do it for peace of mind. Yes. I know okay. it's hard. All right. Now. Can we touch on DV? Mm. So if any listener here today or anybody on TikTok today has a domestic violence issue, uh, has been in some horrible situation and our hearts go out to you because that's terrible and I'm sorry that you are, mm. but what are, what are things that you have seen happen that derail people's DV cases or what are some warnings and some mistakes yeah. people make in domestic violence yeah. situations yeah. and and what can they take away from listening today okay. to make sure they don't make So the takeaway, I guess, is whilst you think it's very obvious and very plain that the other person is the perpetrator of domestic violence, one of the tactics that is often used by domestic violence perpetrators is to bring an application against you, a cross-application, about uh, domestic violence and it's amazing the stuff that they raise as being domestic violence Um, and to a narcissist person I think just saying no hurts them so much it feels like DV so again being careful we've said put everything in writing but be careful what you put in writing Um, be careful that you don't let loose on them you know about um, maybe not having the children, just don't let your hurt feelings find their way into a text message or, or a letter to them. This is this has happened to one of the oh, ladies on TikTok right now. So I guess it, it is really important to make sure that you are, sorry, um, I, I've heard of it, it's a term, it's reactive abuse, where, you know, that sometimes yep. what I've heard, they, they will do something on purpose to, to upset to, you or yeah. they know you're going to flip out and then they'll record you flipping out or they'll yeah. they'll take the message that of you flipping out and say, oh, look, that's abuse. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's the equivalent of a naughty little kid in primary school pinching your bottom and then you wigging out and smacking them. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one sees the bottom pinch, I guess. But, I mean, not that any of that is an excuse for hitting no, or anything, but, but um, yeah. you have to be aware to control your behaviour because, Mum, it can can be oh, yes. used to, I guess, 
they pro- they trying to protect themselves by saying, "Oh no, it's her," or yes, it's him. and and yeah. any little thing, they'll they'll raise mm. it, and even if it even if the court throws it out, um, it still drags you through that horror of the DV, and it waters down your prospects of getting a final DV um, and a domestic violence order. I mean by that, or an apprehended violence order. And also it then finds mm. its way in again to the affidavits and things in the family court and also into the advice your lawyer might give you about your prospects of success. So just don't be that person. Can I ask, does that affect, so so does the DV stuff affect children's mm. potential mm. custody issues? In, in, it does. Yeah. So Australian law is that the children, like the guiding principles and the top piece of legislation is um, the primary objective is that the kids can um, be cared for and love both parents and that they're protected from harm. But where there's a tie between um, loving and seeing both parents and protecting from harm, when the court can't decide between those two, they are required by the legislation to elevate the protecting from harm. And that means on Mm. any interim hearings where there hasn't been time to unpack things, if you've done something or said something that the other side says, look, she's abusive this or he's abusive he's done this um then the court will err on the side of caution and go oh well you know, mm. that's a tribal issue we'll have to look at that at the overall thing the court one of the factors the court has to look at is a, whether there's a, a domestic violence or family violence order and one that's agreed to um is less powerful uh than one that has been legis- uh, litigated over and then found the person's found guilty because a lot of people in the early stages go, you know, I'll consent without admission, I'll agree because it's not worth the drama. And and often, yeah. um, I don't know if it still happens, but the police used to go, well, do you intend to be domestically violent? No. Well, why not sign it? And then that's all very well in, mm. in the state court. And then it goes over to the family court and the judge goes, oh, I see there's a domestic violence order. That's all they see in those early stages. So just be very, mm. yeah, very careful. And oh, so one of the ways that an awful person who has been violent will try to um, limit the damage of a DV against them is to bring one against the other person. Except I think in Queensland now they've stopped that, the new legislation. I was thinking about it. I don't know if they've done that legislation yet. Yeah, it's a recommendation that only one order be made. Yeah. Yes. And that will help. Now, the other thing that we've noticed with our ladies in our members, some of them after DV, they've separated, they've moved out, but then the DV continues in this post-separation abuse coercive Mm. control situation. And one of those ways we heard just the other day, they had a joint email address that they've had forever and the the ex locked her out Mm. and she's lost access to all her insurances, anything that the family account like running of the household, yes. it's all been blocked out yeah. and they're fighting in court right now to get it all unpicked. Yeah. So, I think she lost um, her photos that, too. Um, she, it was the Apple yes, ID, yes. yeah, as well. Oh, no, that was, that was another lady. Oh. So <laughs> there was a whole bunch of I them there. And, and, my, and, <laughs> so that is one of those things mm. that you should definitely consider doing, um, even if your partner isn't abusive and you've just separated, is get separate emails get separate accounts get separate te- telephone bills business life just separate business life business if you life, were if yeah. you were two business partners starting two different businesses you would have different letterhead different 
um, accounts and just set up that separate identity and then let people know that you're separated, Laura. You need to tell the school so they don't think sending one thing to the old joint account is going to get to you. Uh, Tell the doctors, Mm. tell everyone. Apart from anything else, the kids need some support and, and they might start playing up at school or be a bit quiet at school and if the teachers know what's going on, um, that's in the classroom. Mm. They can deal with it. But in the admin side, let them know that that old address doesn't work. And don't just say, I prefer this address. Just say, don't send anything to this address, which is the old joint account. I don't think you need mm. to lock anyone out of the joint account. I think just copy it across no. to whatever you've got, start your new one and keep keep that one really separate. And different names and different think, passport passwords. Yeah, and I think with the DV ladies and the DV men out there mm. um, that, that have got that going on, mm. uh, one of the things that we're hearing a lot of um, uh, is the Apple ID mm. situation. It's a big one. Um, so it, it, just the thought of it, if you've got an Apple phone, just the thought of changing your Apple ID mm. I, like would be a nightmare. Mm. I, I understand that, but... Some people have been able to be easily tracked yeah. through that. And there is actually a uh, a gentleman I know in Queensland, if anyone's in Queensland, who works with uh, DV Beyond. Yes. And he will check your phones. He will check your car. He will check for all that kind of thing. So if you are in that space, you think maybe, oh, why is it that they always know where I am? Why is it they know who I've spoken to? Could be they just cloned your phone, which is a really or easy thing Uber to do with an account. Apple. Laura? And watch that Uber account. Yes. Um, check that your yes. maps haven't shared your ETA with anything. It's amazing yes. the stuff. And you know, with the Apple ID, I, I totally get it. And often there's a family Apple ID. I, if you can't close it down, get a new one for you. And although mm. you might run, you might lose all your other stuff, or you run the risk of at least everything from separation onwards. You'll you'll keep because. You know, yeah. I think people don't know how to split all that up. It's very hard. Yeah. Yes. You can go to Apple maybe and ask help or go get a tech help. And if you're in a domestic violence situation, there are tech heads um, and ex-military people that can that do offer services mm. to help support you in that Bless. situation. So, Mel, I, I think really what we've kind of pointed out is, you know, that there's there's a there's a lot of things that you can do that seems like, you know, that by accident cause yourself more trouble yeah. later. And they, some of them um, seem mean, but, you know, hmm. it's... But the thing is, and, and a lot of people did agree, that in the beginning you just, you're just not in that space no. yet ready to be making those kind of decisions right at the beginning. And then as you move further on, you kind of, if you don't set those boundaries, and that includes the boundaries with your bank accounts, with your, fine, like, you know, moving your wages into a new account, yep. you know, choosing a different bank account, making sure you start to separate things. Um, otherwise, it does just continues to be a shamozzle. Mm. And then in, in if you don't document things correctly or if you document things that really shouldn't be doing, um, it's all going to come and bite you in the butt yep. later on down the track. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. one last thing, so, Laura, um, I, I wish every one of my clients would get one of those cheap security cameras that are hooked up to their phone and put it on the outside of their house. If you're a DV survivor, um, even if you've moved to a new house, that's that's just basic um, uh, safety, I think. And I guess you've got to, the, the other thing is, and we have done episodes on mistakes that you make, yeah. but I think this is all about those mistakes you make right at the right beginning. Right at the beginning. I don't come back, come back yeah. to bite you, but it's, it's really 
a psychological, emotional 180 where you've got to realize this is me. Mm. I'm doing this for me now. I need to make these decisions for my future and my children's future. And as much as you may feel guilty or sad or angry or hurt, whatever Mm. feeling you're feeling, don't let that emotion be the reason why you make decisions, if that makes sense. (laughs) Does that make sense? And and if you worry about why you're doing it, just think you need clarity. Let's get some clarity and some clear air between your life and the other person's life. And I know we've mentioned this a million times in our podcast before, but uh, one of the uh, people on TikTok has said, don't leave the family home and don't move out until you've, everything is finalized. Now, I get mm. maybe that that is coming from a place For of some people. losing your stuff. Yes. So what do you say about people who are worried about not ever getting access back to their stuff? Because I know another lady on here on TikTok said she didn't get her stuff. It, she ended up getting nothing. Yeah. So what tips? Okay, people- so the tips are like if, if you can afford to stay in the house, I agree, you can generally stay in the house. But if you have to go, here are the things I've seen in my career that just get lost you don't, no one goes to court, no one mentions them in court, the judge won't make findings. So any gifts you've had, your birthday gifts from family, any of your childhood stuff, your trophies, your music, your craft, half-completed crafts, um, a bicycle I've seen, uh, what else have we had? Um, oh, your jewellery, uh, trophies, trophies. Yeah, I think trophies? I mentioned that, um, the wedding presents hey, from photo. your family, baby photos, friends, anything that's precious to you, if you can, Get it out. Mm. I mean, because everything else, we always say, Rose, it's secondhand already and you can buy new secondhand stuff. But the stuff that you Mm. can't replace, if you can take, grab it as you go. I know you, like mostly we're thinking about the kids. If you've got children, it's hard to think about that. But if you've got any planning space and it's not safe for you to stay in the house, um, which is not for a lot of people, it's not safe, uh, then try and take mm. those things with you or at least one representative of each of those. Squirrel some of it away and, every now and then. Just yeah. pass it to your friend and say, hey, can you look after this for me in case I do leave? Yep. Um, and I think you're right, Ma. I think uh, what's the likelihood of anybody, like there are some people saying, I'm trying to get my things back. D- does a court make you give things that like your ex give things back, say they've got something <laughs> they, that's really special to you? They, they will not um, spend a lot of time making specific orders for little things, to be honest. Uh, they don't do Ooh. furniture fights. Uh, if, if it's precious to you, um, I'd say get it early. You might be able to negotiate it like in mediation, but it becomes a distraction from the main game and most lawyers and most mediators just can't understand the value to you of those things. And if your ex is abusive, they know absolutely the value of those things to you. And the number of times I'm I'm thinking of those childhood special things, craft projects, music, um, and a bicycle on one occasion, the uh, fishing gear, uh, the answer came back, oh, they're gone. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean fishing gear? What what do you mean? Did you have one of those? I don't remember that barbecue. You know, mm. so it, mm. it just gets lost in the whole translation, and you'll never, you'll never get it back, really. Um, mm. And I do remember one where the lady wanted a car, a particular car, back that her her ex had, and he handed it over. It wasn't my case; it's a reported case, and it left it there. Gave her the keys, drove away. It didn't have a motor. She took the mm. motor out, and then that was yeah. more court case. And obviously, because it was. Yeah. 
it was reported, I think it went to the appeal court. I think he got a big fine mm. or went to jail. But even so, all that drama, when you just want it over, yeah. Yeah. So, in other words, there's, it's unlikely that a court's going to order yeah. for them to return mm. certain things. It will be included in the property mm. pool but only as secondhand. So, if you can get it while well, you can. Yeah. Um, and with children, Go on as you mean for it to yes. continue. Otherwise, that could bite you in the butt. Document that you what you're doing for them. And with property, don't agree to anything until you've seen a lawyer mm. and, and, and make sure that you're in the right headspace and don't put anything in writing. Um, don't do negotiations in writing. I mean, it doesn't, it's not supposed to be used in court, but it could be or it might be used in mediation. And as mum said, it could lock their mindset stuck yes. on a number because well, you said that when yeah. we first split. So, and with DV, just be mindful of the cross application that can occur to you mm. to so make sure you don't react or do anything that you're going to regret later and make sure that you've got those safety actions. So you've separated your accounts and you've maybe got a new account, a new phone or a new ID if you think they're that kind of person. Anything else you want to say, Ma, before we go? Cause we've got to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Just I feel for everyone going through these awful early stages. Um, but you know, if you yeah. can, don't feel bad if you can't do all of those things right away way um one thing at a time baby step yeah okay well we are going to be doing some more episodes i can see some great uh questions here that we can oh, add okay. to another topic list. yeah so um legal abuse a relocation oh, abuse. Uh, we'll be able to cover those for you guys yes um but make sure that you uh if you're interested in checking out the podcast it's called the divorce course podcast we're on tiktok instagram <laughs> facebook we're pretty much everywhere but our website is called www.thedivorcecourse.com .com.au. Uh, we have some free checklists to ta- uh, what to take before you go, which would be really helpful in your property settlement. We've got a mediation readiness checklist. If you're about to go yes. to mediation, check that out. And we've, of course, got our DIY divorce blueprint where we talk you through in our video lessons how to do all of the things. Property, um, children, uh, everything, not just getting a divorce. Yeah. So, in, and in saying that, Mum, we also are going to be awarding a free 30-minute yes. phone call to one of our lucky reviewers. This this lucky reviewer, her name is Bianca. Oh, Bianca, I'm just, that's yes. the only name I'm going to give. You'll know who it is. She said, thank you. I first found Laura and Lynette on TikTok a few months ago, which interested me as I was currently going through a property settlement and a parenting plan with my ex. I had such anxiety. I wasn't sure where to start. I didn't know what questions to ask, but after listening to the podcast, I would listen to them all the time in the car, and I've truly felt more comfortable and sort of relaxed in a way. I would will continue to listen as much as I can as I continue this journey. Thanks so much, ladies. So that's Bianca. Thank you for your review, Bianca. I'm just going to... Uh, so contact us by email at the divorce course podcast at gmail.com. I'm just going to turn this around again. There you go, mum. Um, and you can have a free 30 minute chat with mum like oh, our members do. So to talk well done. Bianca. Bianca. Yeah. Yes. And thank you to everybody who's uh, listening today on TikTok. And thanks to everybody who listens to our podcast. And I will say goodbye. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.